I want you to take your Bibles or your apps and turn this morning with me into Matthew chapter 7. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Matthew is located, what I would encourage you to do is turn to the table of contents in your Bible or turn to the list of books in your app. If you're in your Bible, Matthew is the first book of the big section called the New Testament. First book of the New Testament. If you're in an app, you'll just want to scroll down. Matthew is about two-thirds or three-quarters of the way down the list. Uh, So you'll want to find Matthew and then flip over to chapter 7. Now, as you're turning to Matthew 7, uh, let me kind of give you a recap of where I have been personally uh, in the last coming months. Um, I have struggled so much with the uh, shut-in and the COVID crisis and the, the ways it's affected family and church and, and all the facets of life. Um, and I've moved through feelings of feeling defiant, like I don't care what the government says or what the CDC recommends, I'm going to do me and I'm going to do what I want to do. I've gone through feelings of feeling sorrowful, feeling sad that I've lost so much interaction. Uh, A little secret or hint about me is I am an extrovert. I love being around people. I love interaction. Sunday mornings is one of my uh, favorite times of the week because I love to be around people. Um, And I miss that. that's, That's literally made me sad at times. There have been times when I have felt uh, not motivated because uh, there have been times where I've felt, what's the point uh, in all of this? And I've even gone through times where I have felt like I should apologize to the church or to people because of what's going on. In reality, probably none of those responses are very healthy. Uh, and so this past week, we made the decision that we were going to postpone the reopening of our campus. Um, And in this decision, I have gone back and forth. Our leadership team debated so much, uh, prayerfully debated, but we debated about what the best decision for First Southern was going to be. Um, and, And let me just say, first off, I do feel like we have received confirmation from the Lord that this is the decision that we were supposed to make. And I'll talk a little bit about that later on. But I want to make a, a bold statement right now about the heart of our church, the heart of First Southern. You see, First Southern is unique, like every other church is unique. And the reason I wholeheartedly believe that one of the reasons why First Southern is unique from many other churches is that First Southern will always put love and care for others as a top priority. Of course we love God. Of course we value His Word. Uh, But we will always love and care for others. That will always be a primary uh, priority in the life and existence of this church. You see, First Southern exists to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. And we do that, we accomplish that mission through our four values. Our four values are believe, grow, connect, and serve. And I want to comment for a minute about that fourth one, serve. We have a little statement that goes with every one of our values. And the statement that goes with our, va- our fourth value, which is serve, is this. We are committed to selflessly serve God and others in our church, community, and world. You see, the decision to postpone the reopening of our church was about 
us putting ourselves and our self-desires, the desires that we have deep down inside, it was about putting that aside and valuing most of all what we'll love and care for others because that's what our church is going to do. Our church is committed to loving and caring for others. Uh, and honestly, today's passage speaks directly into that. And so what I want you to do now is turn to your Bibles, your apps, and turn to Matthew 7. We're going to read one verse today, Matthew 7, verse 12. Now, this passage may sound familiar to some, uh, but let's go ahead and read it. Matthew 7, verse 12 says this, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, this is actually a very famous statement. Uh, it's known as the golden rule. You may have heard it said this way, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the old King James version of this passage. And whether you grew up in church or not, this may be a statement that you've heard. The golden rule is actually quite famous in most cultures that have been affected or been influenced by Christianity. And so that's today's passage. But before I dive into that passage, we've got to look at one interesting thing about this. Look with me again at, at chapter 7, verse 12. I want you to notice the first word. Now in the ESV, the version of the Bible that I'm reading from, the word is so. It says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. Now, why does Jesus say so? Well, anytime that you're reading a passage and it says so, or it says therefore, or because of, that is a mile marker. It's a, it's a signpost that's directing you to look at the previous passage, the passage that was just said before you're reading what you're reading. So we need to look back at verses 7 through 11 to understand what Jesus is saying in verse 12. So if you go back and read verses 7 through 11, it's all about how God gives good things to his children, to those he loves, to his followers, that God is a God of care, that God is a God of love, and he's going to give good things to his children. And so Jesus is talking and pointing us back to verses 7 through 11, and he's connecting the idea of how God treats us with how we treat others. So let me pause here for a second and give you my big idea. If you're new to my messages, most of the time I give what I call a big idea and it is a one statement summary of the main point uh, of the message, the main idea or, or communication of the message. And today's big idea is this, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Let, let me say that again, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Now, this is basically the golden rule. Uh, and you say, well, that doesn't rhyme and it doesn't, it's not catchy or anything like that. No, the golden rule doesn't need to be. Today's big idea is just the golden rule. It, it's that we're called to treat others the way that we want to be treated. Now, let's think about this for just a second. If Jesus is saying that the golden rule is a reflection of verses 7 through 11, which is all about how God treats us, then we need to play that comparison for just a moment. You see, God is perfect. 
He's infinite in power, in knowledge. Um, he, he knows all the wisdom um, and he loves in a perfect way. Now, if God treats us good, who we who are not infinite, we are limited, we are not perfect, uh, we are sinful creatures, uh, we don't know everything, we're not all powerful, um, we are not God. If God who is perfect treats us who are imperfect, if he treats us good and gives us good things, how much more should we in turn give good things to others? How much more should we love and care and treat others with respect if God does that with us? So that's what the point is here that Jesus is connecting us to. But the hard part is, is that we as a society have really forgotten the golden rule. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of people treating others the way they want to be treated a lot of times. Uh, it's getting more and more uh, hard to see that. It's becoming more and more rare for that to be the case. Uh, and yes, it ex still exists in some aspects of our society. Yes, I, I understand that, but it's fading. It's, it's, it's becoming less and less common to see people treat others the way they wanna be treated. You know, we have a tendency in our society today to make fun of other people. Uh, whether we know them or not, we make fun of politicians. We make fun of people who have differing ideas from us. We make fun of people who make mistakes when we ourselves make mistakes. I don't know about you, but I don't like it when people make fun of me. So why would I think, based on the golden rule that Jesus gives us here, why would I think it's okay for me to make fun of someone else? Uh, we have a tendency to criticize others when we have no idea what they're dealing with. You know, uh, a great example is our leaders right now uh, on a state level and a city level and national level. Our leaders are having to make decisions right now that you and I cannot fathom how complex they must be. It's easy for us to criticize and say, well, I wouldn't make that decision. Yeah, it's easy to make that statement, but in reality, you're not in their shoes. You, you don't know the complexity. You don't know the battles that that person may be going through in making a decision or, or making a particular move. But we're so quick to criticize because we think we know better than the people around us. You know, and honestly, we see a lot of people that lash out uh, in outrage or anger in today's society. But I don't know about you, uh, but I don't think there's many people that enjoy being the recipient of outlashes of outrage and anger. I don't like it when people lash out in anger at me. I don't like people when people are outraged and, and attack me. So why in the world would I think it's appropriate or okay to lash out uh, in, in outrage or anger with someone else? Yet we see it all the time. And it's not just the unbelieving world that does this. We as Christians are just as guilty of treating others in such a bad way. You see, love does not treat others badly. Jesus loves you and I. Jesus loves us so much and he treats us with love. 
And so we should do that to others as well. Love calls us to have empathy. It calls us to have compassion. And it calls us to treat others with the humility that that is called for so many times in God's word. You know, everything that we do should be filled with empathy, compassion, and humility. And so why? Why should we have love and compassion uh, and empathy and humility with others? Well, because we want others to have empathy and compassion and humility with us. You know, when, when I have someone talking to me, whether they like me or not, I hope that they would take a moment and empathize with my situation. I hope that if I'm the, the object of criticism or the object of uh, anger or, or outrage, or if I'm the uh, recipient of mocking, I hope that somebody would have empathy for me and would have compassion for me. I hope that my fellow believers, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ would treat me with the humility that I hope that I can treat others with. You see, we're called to treat others the way we want to be treated. Now, there's an interesting statement at the end of this verse. So look with me again. Verse 12, it says this, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now, what does that mean? This is the law and prophets. Back in Jesus' day and time, they didn't have a name for the, the Bible, the Old Testament. They didn't call it the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, Israelite people who do not believe in Jesus still don't call it the Old Testament. They call it the Hebrew Bible. But back in Jesus' day and time, they didn't have a name for it because it still wasn't put together in the way we think of this book being put together. And so when they referred to the Holy Scriptures, they referred to it as the law and prophets. Sometimes they would call it the law and writings and prophets. Anytime you see Jesus say the law and prophets or the law, writings and prophets, he's referring to scripture. He's referring to the Bible. So if we look at this again, it says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and prophets. Jesus is basically saying this entire book is summed up in this statement. Treat others the way you want to be treated. If the entire Bible, the entire scriptures is entirely uh, focused on us treating others the way we want to be treated, then we probably better take this statement very seriously. This better be a statement that we have in the back of our minds that drives everything we do as a person. Treating others the way we want to be treated should be our motto for the way we live our lives, the way we treat others, the way we interact, the way we live out relationships. And so Jesus is saying that the entire Old Testament, New Testament, everything in scripture is summed up by treat others the way you want to be treated. And we actually have a very practical example of this kind of love, and it's Jesus himself. Think about it for a minute. Jesus was and is the Son of God. Think for a moment what he actually did for us. Jesus lived a perfect, painless, 
great worshiped existence in heaven. He sat on a throne in, in eternity in perfection and he was worshiped by every being in heaven. And he left that perfect existence so that he could come to this miserable planet, so that he could experience sickness and hot temperatures and cold temperatures and being uncomfortable uh, and all of the miserable things that we experience as people. He left a perfect existence in heaven to come down and live like us. But not just to live like us, he came and experienced every temptation that you and I have experienced. He came and taught about God's kingdom. And ultimately, he died on a cross, even though he was completely innocent, he laid his life down for you and I so that our sins could be forgiven. If that's not an example of how we're supposed to treat others, I don't know what is. Jesus gave everything when he died on that cross and he gave it for you. He gave it for me. He gave everything he had, a perfect existence, so that you and I could be rescued from our sins. And let me take a moment for just a minute, and I want to talk to those that are watching right now who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You don't, if you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're, you're thinking, maybe I should believe in Jesus. Let me, let me speak to you for just a moment. Jesus did all of that for you. Jesus is God. He came to this earth. He taught about God's kingdom. He did not commit a single sin in his entire life. And yet he was wrongfully convicted of crimes he didn't commit. And he died on a cross so that you and I could be rescued from our sins. You see, our sins, sin is when we disobey God's law, when we, we break God's law. We are criminals in the eyes of God because we've broken his law. And what does a criminal deserve? A criminal deserves punishment. But when Jesus came and died on that cross, he took your punishment and he took my punishment and he paid that punishment for us. He took that punishment on himself so that you and I would not have to live in eternal punishment, but instead we could live in eternal, eternal forgiveness and in a perfect place where there's no pain and there's no suffering. He gave his life so that you and I would not have to pay for the consequences of our sins. He died, and then three days later, he rose from the grave, proving that he was and is the Savior of all mankind in victory over sin and death. And many days later, he ascended into heaven. He sits right now on the throne. And there will come a day where every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And if you've got questions... If you want to know more about what a life-changing relationship with Jesus looks like, please stop whatever you're doing. I give you permission uh, to stop listening to this sermon. And what I want you to do right now is I want you to send me a direct message or send me an email. My personal email is this. It's chad, C-H-A-D, at F-S-B-C-S 
fsbcs.org. That's chad at fsbcs.org. I want you to send me an email right now, and I want to talk to you about what a life-changing relationship with Jesus looks like. I want to answer your questions, and I want to help you explore what that next step in your journey with Jesus may look like. So right now, stop what you're doing and send me a direct message or send me an email. I'm waiting right now to answer those questions. So Jesus is the perfect example of the kind of love that the golden rule talks about, that treating others the way you would want to be treated. Jesus knew that if he had sin, he would want to be forgiven. And he knew that he was the only one that could come along and pay the price to give us forgiveness. And that's exactly what he did. Out of compassion and out of love for us, he died in our place. And while he died, he was mocked He was beaten. He was hung on a cross. And how did he respond to that? Did he uh, demand that his rights uh, be given to him? Did he demand things from the people that were beating him and mocking him and hanging him on that cross? No, Jesus asked that God would forgive them. Jesus, in the moment that he most deserved to be rescued himself, asked for others to be rescued and saved from their sin. That's love. That's what the golden rule is all about because Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and I, and we in turn should pay the price of humility and empathy and compassion in our interaction with others. It's the least we can do for our Savior who paid the most, the most drastic price for us. So, How does this apply today? Well, let me ask you, how do you treat others? If I was to go to eat lunch with you and your buddies, and I just listened to the things you said about other people, would it be filled with the golden rule? Would you say things about others that you would want said about you? Would you mock people uh, and, and criticize people and abuse people? Or would you love people and have empathy and compassion and humility with them? If I was to go on your social media page, would I find that you're a person that mocks others, that hurts others, that says hurtful things? Or would I find that you're a person that values empathy, compassion, and humility, and that ultimately your main desire is to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus? That should be our mission. Remember, Jesus says, treat others the way you want to be treated. This sums up everything in God's word. That's basically what he's telling us here. This statement, treat others the way we want to be treated, needs to be our top priority. Do you extend empathy, compassion, and humility to others? Or do you extend mocking and critique and an attitude that you know better than everybody else? That's the question that I think we all need to ask ourselves on a daily basis. I think we need to take a step back and look at the way we interact with others and what we say and do about other people or uh, with other people. This commandment was pivotal in the decision to delay the reopening of our campus. 
You see, the leadership team and I felt that the best way to treat others the way we would want to be treated would be to value people's safety more than our emotional desire to come and meet together again. Yes, God calls us to gather, but that's exactly what we're doing right here. And believe me, this is not the first time that the church has been uh, posed with this difficult question. The churches had to close back in 1918 and 1919 with the Spanish flu. Martin Luther, the, the, the Protestant reformer, he dealt with this with the plague. And he wrote extensively about how his church actually closed and most of the people who were not infected left his town. And he made the decision to stay uh, and minister to those who stuck around. But they didn't gather. He went out individually and loved people. You see, we have a huge advantage with technology today. We can still gather online. We can talk to each other right now in the chat section or the, the comment section on Facebook or YouTube, whatever you're watching on. We can talk to each other right now. We can connect in ways that we have never had the opportunity to connect before. And let me say this very clearly. The mission of First Southern has never faltered in the midst of all this. Uh, I want to just report for just a moment. Our online attendance for these online services has never faltered. Uh, we are maintaining a healthy online attendance uh, here at First Southern. We have not seen a decline or a dip in our online viewing and participation. Uh, we've been blessed in that. Our online group participation has been amazing. We have people that have faithfully decided that they are going to continue to connect through their small group, uh, through the online uh, uh, platforms that we have available to us. And let me just say for a moment, if you're not involved with one of our online groups, I would highly encourage you to reach out to us to this week. Send us an email, give us a call, but one way or the other, uh, online groups is what we're going to be doing for, for the foreseeable future. Even after we reopen our campus and start meeting in person again, we're not going to be doing on, uh, groups on campus. We're probably going to continue doing online groups. So I would highly encourage you, if you're not connected to one of our online groups, help us connect you to one. We've got plenty of room online available and the connection is easy. If you don't do technology, no problem. We have a way that you can simply call in from a landline, from a cell phone, from a smartphone, whatever you've got, you can simply call in and you can connect and interact with your fellow friends and brothers and sisters in Christ here at First Southern. So, so please call and let us guide you and answer your questions because this is going to be the way that we have to do things for a while. So our online group participation has remained strong. Our giving has remained stable and healthy. And, and let me just say, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness financially to continue to support the ministries here at First Southern as we continue going with that. Uh, and the best news of all, God is doing something amazing in what's been going on here at First Southern and, and around the world with COVID-19, because we've seen in the last two or three months, we've seen two people get saved. Two people 
connected to our online services have come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior for the first time. And we're walking with them and helping with them right now uh, through people connected through our church. Uh, And so guys, the mission of First Southern is moving forward. But hear me, and I said this before, my heart, I desperately want to gather again. I desperately want to see faces and talk to people face to face. But I also, as a shepherd, realize that my love and care for others is far more important than my own emotional desire to see people face to face. Caring for others is far more important than anything that's about me. And I hope and pray that that would be your desire as well as we move forward with this. You see, God is doing something. God's doing something immense. He's doing something great. And I would ask the question, will you be part of what he's doing through First Southern? And in this weird time, will you actively become a part of the mission that Jesus has put in front of us? Will you join me in the mission of First Southern to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus? Here's some suggestions. First off, stay connected. Uh, Continue online with us. Get connected and stay connected to one of our online groups. Um, Stay faithful. Stay faithful in your your belief in Jesus. Um, Love others. This is a time when, when love is hard to see. Uh, with so much controversy and debate and hostility in our uh, society right now, it's hard to see the love. We, as followers of Jesus, need to be that love. And so love others. And and here's a way that maybe you can do that. Maybe you should call a few people that you know, whether friends at church or maybe neighbors that you have, call them up and say, hey, come to my house Next Sunday, come to my house and we're going to watch the worship and worship together in a small group setting. In other words, why don't you reach out to your friends and start a small home church and let us support you in doing that. If you've got questions about what that would look like, email or call us this week and I'll guide you through what it being starting a, a small home church under First Southern would look like. Um, have gospel conversations with people and express your love and your care for them and for their situation. You know, everybody's got their own situation right now. And so uh, show your love and show your interest and show your care to their situation. And if you can help, provide help. And if there's something that we can do through First Southern, let us know and we would love to help you be the hands and feet of Christ in the lives of the people around you. Will you join me in the mission by treating others the way you want to be treated? Will you put God and others first and put yourself aside? That's the challenge that we have in front of us today. That's the challenge that the golden rule gives us. But clearly, Jesus valued the golden rule at a very high level. And we as the followers of Jesus need to make the golden rule our top priority. Will you treat others the way you want to be treated? Join me in prayer. Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for how you love and you care for us. And Lord, help us in return to love and care for others.
Help us to truly take the golden rule to heart, to live our lives treating others the way we would wanna be treated. Lord, help us to value you and value others more than we value ourselves. Help us to have the ability to put our own desires to the side and to value you and others more importantly than what we want. God, we thank you so much for how you love us. We thank you for the example of Jesus on how the golden rule should be lived out. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus and how he rescued us from our sins. And we pray that you would change our minds and our hearts to live out the golden rule under the authority and the guidance of Jesus. We thank you so much, Lord. And we pray all of this in his name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.